This is the story of a girl. <laughs> to hear that bassy is so disturbing. <laughs> you know, not so wimpy. Do you guys ever have a roommate that constantly was singing or whistling songs? No, I've had one roommate in my life, and uh, he was not a singer. I, I had one roommate in college who was an obsessive gamer. He played uh, Half-Life at all times. Wait, and no, you're not Half-Life. What were you? You're Diablo. Yeah, he played Half-Life. Yeah. And he would always sing songs that way. Like if they were like breakfast at tiffany's he would walk in like and i think oh he was frank he was sinatra <laughs> yes i do like- that to Katy perry all the time it <laughs> works like, so well is that Look, sinatra or uh, nickelback either way <laughs> i'm like that was charming for the first week. i'm here to defend nickelback gosh you know what? this actually happens on the black mats at coyote all the time defending nickelback yes yes and and I think Chris Allen leads the charge. He's like, look, if you're one of those guys that want to admit that you like Nickelback in public, I just don't think I can trust you with anything. Like he, <laughs> he defends them hard. I think that they're they're making a comeback. Like uh, the '90s are coming back right now, and now people are coming back and saying Creed and Nickelback are on the way back. Creed? Creed? That's what I heard. <laughs> I've not heard about Creed. Oh, oh boy, um, them and Guy Fieri. It's too much crap. Really. <laughs> Yeah, what's wrong with that guy? So we're having a 90s episode? That'd be a great idea. Oh, man. We might as well. The way things are headed this year. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, here's, you, something, here's something that uh, we know Hunter did, and I did in incorrect ways in the 90s, and we're going to talk about it today. Mm. Segway people notice. Oh, man. Uh, yes, over-training. Training incorrectly. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a big topic in the 90s. Are you talking about like two-a-days? <laughs> yes, anything in a high school weight room qualifies <laughs> as overtraining or training incorrectly. Yeah, so there's this time in an athlete's journey where we all do things accidentally that are inhibiting our progress. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about it today like, hey, stop doing this and judging people. We're not a very judgy podcast. But we do want to bring some information to this to say, hey, there's some real danger in not having some intentionality about the way that, that people are training. We, we see this a lot. I think I'd like for us to start at this in-between phase. And we have a lot of this going on right now, thankfully, inside of our fitness family. New people showing up, giving, yeah. giving CrossFit a try, giving this type of fitness a try. So we want to make sure that we're caring for those people in this part of their journey because it's very easy to accidentally be doing the wrong thing. And you think you're doing the right thing. Right. right. That's how this goes. So let's talk about that initial phase of this natural transition between, hey, before I was at a Globo gym, I was training leg day, back day, arm day, or I was on the road 15 miles a week or, you know, pick whatever it was. Mm. And now they've made the jump into CrossFit, which is a completely different modality. But there's a little bit of a fitness hangover. Would Mm -hmm. you say, Hunter? Yeah. So we'll get the running is a good example. We'll have people come and want to join the gym and say, you know, I want to start working out, but I still want to continue to get my miles in like 15, 20 miles a week. And do you think I can do that? I'm like, I don't think that's a very good idea um, to do that. Um, or people will come in with a background, like you said, of working out at the global gym and legs. Never, maybe. Or <laughs> if they <laughs> do do legs, it's like back and buys, back and buys, chest yeah. and tries, abs, you know, legs twice a week, upper body twice a week. Or they'll have the mindset mm-hmm. of, are we doing arms today or are we doing legs today? And that's, that's yes. something, yeah, <laughs> that's something that people say or like, we squatted yesterday. Why are we squatting today? And um, that type of stuff. Uh, so it, there's always a lot of, of hangover for that. And then also um, people will come in and, once you kind of start getting your feet under you in the gym after three, six, nine months, maybe you start following certain people on Instagram. Uh, maybe you follow Rich Froning or Matt Frazier, or Ben Smith, or you know Annie Thor's daughter. You you name the the CrossFit athlete or just random Joe Schmo who has a lot of Instagram followers. Um, and you're like, well, they're doing this. I, I think I should start doing this, or I want to get better at this. I need to start doing this, or I found this program online. I want to start doing this and I'm going to start doing this on top of the class. And it's, it's very, um, I mean, that's commendable that you want to get better. Uh, and I've, I've been there, you know, I've, I've, that's something that I did when I first started CrossFit was start doing the class. And then you start wanting to doing all this other stuff and you start putting all these other programs on top of it. But I think what we want to talk about is the detrimental side of, 
of all that and, and mixing and matching things or trying to pull things from one person, pull things from the other. And it really hinders your progress and it can actually hurt it and lead to overtraining, lead to injury, lead to plateau or regression. Um, and just really set yourself up to in the long run, um, not reach your goals. Yeah, boy, it's such a, such a big danger for so many people, but we can break it down into two categories. You walk into CrossFit, into Coyote with a history, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that goes for nutrition as well. If Caleb were here, he would really be talking about that. Like you have, Boy, would he? Yeah, <laughs> you have an eating history. You also have a fitness history mm-hmm. that's affected how you view things, and you have to submit to reprogramming in a lot of ways. Yeah, and we can all admit, sitting at this table, that's a lot more difficult to do than it sounds especially when you get into something that's stressing you or putting you in situations where you're uncomfortable you want to get back to that comfort level of well man I just really enjoyed that runner's high I'm putting in my headphones yeah. and my runner's club and all that stuff so you kind of go through this moment of panic so we have two different forces that are working against us our history and our exposure to different things uh, that are kind of sens- sensational, but marketed very approachable. Mm-hmm. Let's take uh, David Goggins, for example. Like this guy's accomplished things that almost no American has ever accomplished before. Uh, but we're jumping into like, we're going to become like him. Yeah. And he even promotes against this. He's mm-hmm. like, don't, don't try to be me. You know, I'm just trying to make people more mentally tough. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to do what I do. But you have people and you discover this because uh, athletes will come to coaches and say, man, I'm kind of frustrated. I'm not getting any better at this. And the first thing you talk about is nutrition. Then you start to talk about what is it you're doing outside of class? You know, and then you get to this couplet to speak in CrossFit terms of are you overtraining or are you under recovering, which a lot of things fall into that. So let's kind of let's break those down a little bit into just very basic terms. Okay. So let yeah. Okay, so, yeah. sorry, I cut you off. No, no, that's good. That's what I was about to say. Overtraining, under recovery. What does that actually mean? Yeah, so your body, um, so when you're working out, what you're doing is stressing your body. Uh, you're putting stress on your body. You're not getting better when you're working out. You're actually making yourself worse, and then you rest, and your body recovers and makes itself stronger so that the next time um, it, it can handle what you do a little bit better. Um, but also you got to realize that what's going on outside the gym at work with your, you know, with your kids, with your family, what, whatever else, that's stress as well. And your body can't tell the difference between all those different types of stress. And eventually you, you put in so many inputs that your body can't recover um, from all those inputs and, and get stronger and it just stays broken down. And, and that's where so many people live in modern society. It's always go, go, go. And we're always turned on and where you know most people are not getting enough to eat enough protein enough sleep enough water all that type of stuff and so they stay um, broken down and the answer for those people is not to do more a lot of times it's to do less and recover more um, and so that's that's a big issue that we see with so many people um, let's say you're coming to the gym five days a week to class but then you're also you know that should you should be able to recover from that that shouldn't be a big deal but if you're getting five to six hours of sleep a night, you're drinking, you know, five cups of coffee and two Red Bulls to stay to get through the day. And you you're after work, you're running to your kids baseball game and then your other kids football game and then your other kids soccer game. And on the weekends, you're traveling for sports and you're doing that every single week. Like you're n- you're never giving your body any time to recover. You're constantly going, going, going. You're never going to make a whole lot of progress. The answer is not to if you're not getting stronger is not to say, well, I'm not getting stronger because I'm not doing enough strength. I need to start doing this other strength program. It's you're not getting stronger because you're not recovering from what you're already doing. You need to do less so that you can recover. Um, so we see that a lot. We also see um, with the running example, um, if say somebody wants to lose a certain amount of body fat um, and they don't feel like they're losing enough, well, I just need to do some more cardio. Um, on top of the class well that the same the same thing applies there if you're working out four or five days a week in class and you got all those other stuff going on um, you're probably not recovering from from it and so doing even more running is not going to to help you do that it's actually going to hurt you you're probably going to be you're probably not getting enough you know fuel to be able to fuel your your activity already and if you start running on top of that your body's going to 
going to have to get fuel for somewhere. It's probably going to start breaking down protein or start breaking down muscle. And then your muscle bass is going to start going down. So we see that a lot as well. And it can be actually counterproductive um, because your, your body's having to get its energy from somewhere. You're constantly overdoing the outputs and, and, and not getting enough inputs. Your body has to get that energy from somewhere. It starts breaking muscle down. Body fat percent actually starts going down. Um, I mean, it start, starts going oh, up as uh, muscle, yeah. muscle mass goes down. And so it can be um, a case where you're doing too much, you know. Yeah. So let, let's actually do this. We can peel back the curtain just a little bit. Uh, people may assume that you've just always known this, but you've learned this lesson the hard way. Yeah. And I think it comes down to maybe to, to contain a little bit the conversation. We're not very good at understanding, uh, especially as, as athletes, the cumulative effect. <clears throat> and because of our exposure to so many different things, and you've, you've tried them all, right? You've said mm -hmm. this on, the, on this podcast before. Uh, w walk us through just kind of a blitz of, you not understanding the cumulative effect and what it led to for you as an athlete, I think it would help me to hear, like learn from your mistakes instead of trying to make my own. Yeah. So this is kind of my journey. I did, you know, I played sports. I worked at the Globo gym four days a week, really consistently. Um, all throughout high school, I was working out on top of playing sports year round. And I was never really, I was always, you know, probably the weakest guy on my grade on the football team every year. I was even though I was showing up and working out, I just never got a whole lot stronger. Looking back on it now, it's because I was <clears throat> playing soccer year round. I was playing basketball. I was playing baseball. I was uh, playing football. I was always going and running from one sport to the next. I was just overdoing everything, and I wasn't eating near enough. Well, then as soon as my I graduated from high school, the summer after high school, pretty much all I did was work out, and all of a sudden I put on fifteen pounds because I was just working out. I wasn't doing all the other stuff, and so you know, going into college, I played baseball and, and worked out and all that type of stuff. Well, when I started CrossFit, I quickly realized I wanted to compete at that. So I started doing, um, I just started going to class every day, you know, five, six days a week. And, um, I started making progress at that. And I went to read, I ended up qualifying for regionals my first year. Um, and I was really excited about that. While I got there, I was like, and I need to get a lot stronger. So then my journey was, okay, well, I'm going to start finding this strength program online and I'm going to put it on top of the class workout and I'm going to put it on top of this other conditioning program I found online. And I'm going to put that on top of this other gymnastics program I found online. And I'm just going to do all the things and get better at everything. And I'm going to outwork everybody. Well, I did all that for a year and I show up at regionals and I get worse than I had the year before, <laughs> which was really, really frustrating. I was like, man, I've been doing all this stuff. Well, and so me being hardhead, I was like, well, I just need to do more. And so then I'm like, I got to find this perfect squat program and I'm going to start doing that. Well, then I start squatting almost every, you know, I'm pretty much squatting every single day, squatting heavy um, every single day. And then all of a sudden I start getting this knee pain and it's lingering for months and months and months and shoulder pains getting uh, coming along. And then I retest my squat and it's gotten worse. Um, and then so finally at that point, I'm like, man, what am I doing? So Something's I wrong. Yeah. yeah so I, I find another program and I start following that and just following what they're doing and not trying to add other stuff. And then I started making progress again and I ended up having my best year at regionals ever the next year. So all that to say, like I was I thought in my mind, I'm just going to outwork everybody. I'm going to do everything, everything and put it all together and put all these other programs on top of each each themselves. But what happened was none of those programs were made with the everything else you're doing in mind they're all meant to go by themselves and when you start doing all this stuff you can't recover from all this work your body doesn't know what to do it's it's just overloaded you're completely overtrained and you start actually regressing because your body's breaking down and you're never giving itself um, time to to heal and recover and so that's kind of kind of where my journey went from let's try to do everything to let's back off and prioritize certain things different times a year focus on um, the intensity of what, how we do things and give our body time to recover. Um, and so we can make progress over time instead of making a lot of progress in a short amount of time and then hit a wall and get hurt and plateau and then start regressing. So that's the paradigm through which you guys program yeah. and it's what you're bringing. And I think if we could categorize it for the people listening, what we're talking about is ownership. 
And it's awesome for someone to actually take ownership in their fitness journey. Like Mm -hmm. we we would applaud that in in any way. But when you're taking ownership in the wrong places, you can really be damaging yourself and not realize it, which is the beauty of the system that we have inside of the Coyote family. You guys are taking ownership for the way that training should go, Mm -hmm. which allows us as athletes who are participating in the community we need to take ownership for how we're participating in the system, yeah. not ownership in designing the system. Yeah, very. Just, that's very good. Yeah, I was just reading on on uh, our social media, Justin. We four weeks, this guy's dropping four percent. You know, yeah. so we have metrics to prove over time because we've been uh, um, business long enough now. We have metrics to prove over time that our fitness philosophy works mm. if people take the the proper level of ownership in submitting to the system and being the best that they can be every day, which that's more possible if you're not constantly online searching for the next thing to do. If you're willing to drop who you were before, as far as an athlete is concerned with the the type of programming that you're following and trust the process, we talk about this a lot, then you're going to avoid um, those injuries that occur from cumulative fatigue. Mm -hmm. You're going to avoid the frustration, the mental frustration of a plateau. And this is what we're talking about here today. We're trying to keep athletes from participating in this level of ownership too long because what we see is eventually those people wash out. Yeah, burnout, get hurt, stop coming. I mean, it's almost across the board. If I see somebody doing, you know, XYZ program on top of the class, it's that never lasts for that long. And a lot of times they don't last because they end up, you know, not quit making progress, get burnt out, get frustrated and leave. Um, the people who stick around the longest and make the most progress are the ones that show up, do what's written and give everything they have and then leave. I mean, we talk about, we had, we talked about last episode, we have one, um, semifinal athlete. I promise you what she's not doing is going on Instagram and looking at what other people are doing and saying, well, maybe I need to be doing this. Maybe I need to do that. It's (laughs) just, What's what's on the docket for for today? Okay, let me go in and give it everything I have, and then when I leave, instead of looking at what other people are doing and see maybe I should do that, it's okay. Well, let me go focus on my recovery. Um, and I mean, you said it. I mean, there's just countless and countless stories of people achieving their goals when they stick to the process. But it's really hard because Instagram makes everybody so accessible, and so many of these people are posting what they do all the time because they're trying to get likes or they're trying to get <clears throat> clients to to mm-hmm. do their program um and so it's really easy to get overloaded with all this different stuff what should i be doing well um rich Froning's doing this maybe i should be doing that well you you there's no way you should be doing what rich Froning's doing if you've been doing crossfit for a year he's been doing it for 10 years and he he works out all day every day like you're not in the same place he is and then also you have a nine to five job and three kids that guy literally, he is a professional CrossFit athlete, and he's built his whole life to, around to being able to handle that volume and recover. Um, that is a completely different place than 99.999% of our, our members are. And so you should not be doing what professional athletes or CrossFit athletes are doing because they are doing all this extra recovery work that they don't post about. They're getting 9 to 10 hours of sleep every single night. They're you know doing all this other stuff that they're not showing you. And you can't just say, well, this is what so-and-so did yesterday. Maybe I should be doing this. You have to focus on what you, you know, what you can control, which is coming in and giving your best effort and then controlling your, your recovery outside the gym. Yeah. It's, it all comes down to context, doesn't it? We talk about the close proximity of the coaches inside of our community, that the coaches spend time over time learning the athlete Mm -hmm. and can even predict, like I've had, I've had several coaches interrupt me after a workout and say, Hey, is something going on at work? And I'm like, yeah, it actually is. Mm -hmm. Or are you getting enough sleep? Let's talk about it. You know? And, and we give as athletes, we give a couple of cues like, man, it's been a tough day. Or you talk about where you had lunch and then that coach, because their boots on the ground, they're in your context. They're able to start asking context specific questions 
that leads you in the right direction that an Instagram athlete is not going to be able to do. And, and some of them do care. Some of the people who are promoting themselves online actually do care about overall fitness. Yeah. But they're not able to do that critical piece of getting into the context of the athlete to prohibit overtraining or training in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. In every other aspect in your life, if you're following three or four separate leaders, you're, you're going nowhere. Oh, yeah. You're just getting pulled in four different directions. Yep. Um, but it's, it's about killing that instinct that ownership means I've got to design something for myself and look out for myself. When you walk into Coyote and you commit to pay that money and you commit to show up on a regular basis, you're getting the benefits of someone else taking the ownership for how the thing's supposed to go. Yeah. And then you have the knowledge of those, that coaching staff that's able to adjust within the context when things are going a little bit different because every athlete <coughs> has different challenges in front of them, both, mm-hmm. both mental and physical. So let's talk about, I know this would seem a little bit redundant, but I think people need to hear it. The benefits of getting out of this in-between time and committing to the process at Coyote, I mean, what are you going to get for that? Uh, You're going to get the, number one, if you commit to it, you're going to get results. Um, If you you commit to it and follow through with the prescription um, as far as, uh, making sure, like, say you want to lose weight. You know, the first thing we're going to lo- look at if somebody's having trouble um, losing weight is their diet. And if if we can work with you on your diet and you commit to it and, and are willing to do, you know, the suggestions um, that are given to you, you're going to lose the weight. I, I mean, it's just the people that do it, they lose weight. It's like, a given. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about this the other day, their Beachbody Challenge, like, it's so easy to see the people who are um, following the protocol because they're the ones that get the most points and the ones that get the most points are the ones that are making the most progress like across the board. And so that's just such an easy way to be able to track that. And the people who adhere to, to the prescription are the ones that make the progress and get the results. The people that don't are the ones that are well, I saw this diet. I think I'm going to try this, or I'm I'm going to try keto, or I'm going to try intermittent fasting, or so and so told me I need to do this. So and so told me I need to do that. I saw this diet on Instagram. You're constantly looking to. Well, maybe it's something. I just don't have the right information. I need to do this other thing, as opposed to the people that are like, you know what? This person is somebody that I can trust. They've proven results over and over and over again. Maybe I should just do what they say. And those are the people that make the progress. So. You know, those ones that are always looking at what everybody else is doing and trying to figure it, figure out that out are the ones that don't make the progress. But what also comes with that is a sense of, um, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the what the word would be, but you don't have to worry about it. All I got to, you know, it, it takes a weight off your shoulders when you're not having to worry, am I doing the right thing? And you're not having to figure out what should I be doing? And you trust somebody else to figure out what you need to be doing and then you just do it. Like that, that's such a sense of, of peace. And like, all I got to do is show up and do what they tell me to do. And I will make progress. If you are willing to, to hand over that, um, that trust and put your trust in somebody and, and hand over the reins to them, they can take you wherever you want to go. You know, if you come up to us, it doesn't matter what your goal is. We can get you there. I mean, we've shown that over and over again. If you want to get super, super strong, we can get you there. If you want to lose 50 pounds, a hundred pounds, we can get you there. If you want to run a marathon, we can get you there. If you want to make it to the CrossFit semifinals, we can get you there. If you want to make it to the CrossFit games, we've never had anybody qualify, but sure, man, I'm, it's on its way. It's yeah, we be. can, we can, we can help you. You know, we can give you all the tools to do that. You know, obviously there's going to be a lot of genetics and other factors in that as well, but we can, we can sure as heck get you there as close as we think you possibly could get to it. So we can get you to wherever you want to go. All you have to do is kind of hand over the reins and then just, Put your head down and do the work. That's a huge word, results. You're going to get results because everybody wants that. Mm-hmm. And most people who join up with Coyote have have tried a lot of things to try to get those results. Yeah. I, I wish someone would have told me when I first walked in because there's a lot of fear in that first phase, or at least there was for me. Uh, you are going to be able to whip your 18-year-old self. Mm-hmm. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, oh, I yeah. don't know anybody who's committed to this process that doesn't say, regrettably looking back, man, I wish I was involved with this when I was younger mm-hmm. uh, because they're remembering all that sideways work and the lack of results actually that occurred when they were younger. And especially, man, I want to celebrate this. 
seeing the younger generations come in, starting at that 12 and 13 year old. I mean, these guys, you take a guy like Jack, who's coaching right now. He was letting me know, man, that's, I, I started about when your son did. I'm thinking, man, you, this stuff's just automatic for you, Yeah, you know? And, uh, for, for those of us that, that are riding this wave, we jumped on when we were older. Uh-huh. It's pretty exciting. I do predict and see that there will be an athlete coming out of Coyote eventually because of the results that we're able to produce that will make it to the top level of, of this form of fitness, which is a big promise, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because when I see the young people in our gym, I'm like, man, you are so far ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is getting there too. Uh, but we're really proud of our product and our ability to be able to produce results because it does. It gives people confidence and peace of mind. It helps them manage their stress and all of those things. It's just an improvement in their quality of life. Peace of mind. That's 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 what I was searching for earlier. That's that's what what you get is the peace of mind of knowing I don't have to worry about finding out what I need to be doing. All I need to worry about is doing um, what they tell me, and that's such a a huge burden off your shoulders and. You know, I've been there of wondering, man, am I doing the right thing? What should I be doing? Am I doing enough? And you don't have to worry about all that type of stuff. If you if you talk to a coach and say, here's my goals, and they give you a prescription to do it, all you got to do is do it. And if you just focus on doing it to the best of your ability, you know, following through with every recommendation, you will get the results. And so that's such a such a relief to be able to to put your trust in somebody who who has shown the the you know the has a track record of, of helping so many people succeed all of our coaches have done so and so it's it's really really cool to be able to say you know just if you will trust us you'll do it but i promise you if you spend all your time searching for diets online or trying to figure out what somebody else is doing and well i need to be doing this i feel like i should be doing that you're never going to fully buy in you're never going to get the results yeah really cool feeling i can say from an athlete point of view you want me to do weighted ring dips? Great. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure them out. Yeah. You want me to do a pull-up negative? Sure. I'm not sure why, but eventually I'm, I will understand how this is going to help me. Mm-hmm. You want me to do a one-arm dumbbell snatch? I will gripe for a total year <laughs> and then get a text from Hunter that says, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so That's right. Yeah, trust the process. And we'll say, closing this segment, if you're experiencing frustration with your training protocol and you're wondering, am I doing the right thing? Hey, take some time after class or before class to pull a coach aside and say, I need some help. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Or if you're like, why are we doing this? Didn't ask, why are we doing this? I'd love to talk to you about it. You know, why? I feel like I feel like I want to get stronger. Why are we only squatting one day a week? I'm like, well, let's let's look at this. You feel like we're only squatting one day a late week. Let's let's take a look at what you've actually been doing. You know, a lunge, that's still a squat, a box step up, that's still a squat. You know, you have to take into account what your body can recover from. Um, and so all that stuff adds up. And, um, yeah, I, I love talking about this type of stuff with people. And I think it's just so easy this day and age to look on Instagram and see what other people are doing and feel like they're doing something that I'm not. And that's just not the case at all. You're doing exactly what you need to be doing if you're following, you know, the program and if you're – if you're following the certain extra tracks to do certain things, um, that's exactly what you need to be doing. Um, you just got to completely buy into it and you will get to where you want to get to. Well said. Here's something I'm bought into. Outside the box. Yeah, two in a row. On my game for the past two episodes. Yeah. It's because I'm so excited about the format, the Q&A. Yeah. I'm still thinking about from weeks ago what sort of transformer I should be. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I think I'm going to stand by my answer. It's pretty solid. I'm, I'm sure people will make fun of me for it, but that's nothing new. I walked in earlier and Ben was warming up his voice and uh, oh, do, doing the... Outside, doing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chase. Right. So you've got five more. I got five more. Yep. I got five more. All right. Sorry. Mm, 90s. Right. Man, just feeling it. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate that this has become my segment, you know, because, well. You needed one. Seems like it. <laughs> I got the intro and this. All right. Number one. Are y'all ready? Born ready. Yep. Once again, rules stay the same. Take as long as you need to, to think about it. Okay. We got time. All right. We're only halfway there. Whoa. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one. If coming in hot, if you had to, if you had to suffer through a massive natural disaster, but could choose the disaster the face, which one would it be? So you're weighing in like which Earthquake, one, tornado. and it's like 
like tw- if it's a tornado, it's an F five. Yeah, right. F F ten, F five. No, I think five's the top, right? Is that right? Surely. I don't know. I don't. Surely, we'll pretend it is. It's like peak level of these things, right? And you're like weighing your odds of like I'm going to be in the middle of this thing, and oh, I'm trying okay. to ride it out. Okay. Like you're in the eye, like the middle of a tornado. Yeah, like it's it's, it's headed right for it's us. Landed on your house. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not picking no. that one. No, I feel like whatever answer I give is going to be very disrespectful to people who have probably weathered nah, one of these. Fine. Uh, so we could take um, uh, volcanic eruption totally off the map because that's uh, yeah, not because you would be one. totally off the map. That's right. Not We're not surviving gonna, that one. We're not going to Pompeii this thing. Um, natural disasters. So you've got like flood, hurricane, tornado, wildfire, earthquake. Uh, earthquakes terrify me, so I definitely wouldn't choose that one. I think I would choose, I think the best chance of survival would be earthquake. Like if you're at your house, just because like there's not a bunch of tall buildings that are going to fall on you. Because like, of where we live. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of trees in my, in my, I don't have any trees in my neighborhood. It's a new neighborhood. So <laughs> they wouldn't fall on me. Yep. Like a tornado, like if, if the tornado is just in your general area, you're probably going to be okay. And the only, if the tornado hits your house, you, you're, you're, you're screwed. But, um, I would probably pick that's tough. I mean, it is tough. It depends on where it hits. You could be in the path of a tornado and it, yeah. and it skip your house. That happens here. Like, that happened to me. When you're going to get this tornado. There's so a, it hits your house. A tornado jumped over my house when I was a kid. Oh my gosh. I, I remember the sound of the train. It hit like, I think four or five houses down and uh, knocked a huge tree over and then into jumps. their house. Yeah, but I it do like right earthquake because the space in the area that we live, like you go to your backyard and just sit down. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll probably just, be uh, okay. Yeah, as long as the earth doesn't open up right under you, right under okay. you, you will probably be okay. Uh, so, are y'all saying in this question we have to stay where we are and try to ride it? It out? seems like that's the only honest way to answer it. Like, mm. like if you're in a, a heavily populated metropolitan area with large buildings and stuff earthquake is terrible yeah. like yeah i remember when the earthquake hit san francisco and watching that bridge collapse the double decker that was just horrifying uh it seems like you have a better opportunity to outrun a flood and we had some floods down in in louisiana not too long ago and they came on pretty sudden for people but i think you're having to ride this out where you are Okay. Yeah. So you'd ha- you would have to. So if you guys higher. are establishing the rule of you got to stay in your own home where you're at, uh-huh. I'm definitely choosing hurricane. Hurricane, huh? Yeah, because by the time it gets to us, normally, yeah, like you're going to lose some shingles off your roof, be inconvenienced at the gas pump, you're not going to die. Right. Yeah. yeah we yeah. did that. Like we did that with Katrina. Like there's like the heaviest thing that hit the coast. Yeah, it was like, terrible. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Like, like but did, much worse for the people at the. The location. At the yeah. location, yeah. Maybe I, even same thing with tsunami. I may even choose tsunami where we are right here over a hurricane because hurricanes can still spawn tornadoes and stuff. Yeah, the weather systems are pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. tsunami, uh, if you have a tsunami that reaches... Tsunami's the, just... Then we're all dead. Like, <laughs> we're something, all something's dead. happening. What, is that a tidal <laughs> wave? Yeah, a tidal yeah. wave, yeah. We're all dead, yeah. Yeah, I think That's, so. That would be the most terrifying thing to be on the shore with a tidal Absolutely. wave coming. Have you seen the videos of Japan where you, you see that thing coming in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It like it pulls the water in off the shore and then suddenly boom. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an unlikely scenario. I think if I had to stay in the range of likely scenario, had to ride it out where I live, hurricane would be the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Man. Good question. Yeah. We took some time with that. Yeah. That's good. I kind of, I wish I hadn't put that one first. Uh, number two, if you were required by law, gun to your head, jail time, yada, yada, yada. Already hate it. To get a full body tattoo, <laughs> what would you get tattooed over your entire body? <laughs> how do you, I don't even know what, how do you put that in a, a tattoo. full body tattoo? I know what Ben would yeah. get, uh, six pack abs. <laughs> <laughs> I would just get some shadows, yeah. you know, just like, uh, wow, that guy's really leaning out. Um, okay. I think this is what I would do. If I had to do this, mm-hmm. I think I would research like the old, uh, and this is pulling in a little bit of John Mayer, but you take on the old Asian full body and you just embrace that style. Like that is what you look like. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just, that's just what you get because it's like, it's all over your body, but at least people are like, 
Well, he just went all in, man. Like yeah. he just went all in. For you mean it. you mean like Samoan kind of like tribal tattoo stuff? What are you talking about? Uh, no, no, more like the Asian, like they, you know, like, the peg stuff. The um, yeah. is that what it's called? Oh gosh, yeah. I'm not peg saying tattoos? I would have it done that way. Oh, totally. But okay. I would, I would mimic that style because it's like, okay, well, this guy's just really into mm-hmm. tattoos, and he's gone to the old kind of full body stuff, and I feel like that style does a much better job with the fill-in shading overall, it looks very intentional is what I'm trying to say. Mm. There was a plan there. They pursued the plan, and it wasn't like, man, I got six tattoos in my 20s. They kind of don't go together. Now we got to do some filler art, and mm. that would drive me crazy. So, I don't know. Maybe a book. Maybe I'd just get a whole, the, the words of a whole book on my body. That'd be interesting. Uh, what, what? You could go prison break style. That would be pretty yeah. awesome, where you have all these clues about your life and, yeah. and you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. I choose death. You choose death <laughs> over a full body tattoo. <laughs> I'm most intrigued by Chase's answer here. I can't decide. I think it'd be cool to get like um, accent stuff that kind of makes you look like a drawing. Like, uh, like there's like that line between the two muscles on your calf and stuff. Like you get stuff like that accented. Uh, your triceps. Is your face exempt here? Please. I don't. To- I. I kind of want to say yes. But I don't know. Neck and, and did, face are out of bounds. If they're not, then I have to go Viking and Ragnar. Yeah. Because I'm I'm bald and it, that would make sense. Like the head tattoos. Oh, if my if my head's involved, then I'm once it, two episodes in a row, we're going to Avatar and I'm getting an arrow on my head. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. He's an airbender. <laughs> Heck, I don't know. I might tattoo my whole body blue just to be a Smurf. Mm. Just blue, uh, blue man, huh? Blue yeah. man. <laughs> We're going to really test the uh, effects of ink in the body. Oh, man. that's That would be tough. I feel like your neck and head have to be involved if we're going full body. Well, it depends on how you define it. If you yeah, if you look up some of the stuff's full body, it, it follows where clothes normally cover. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I just I found this question online. Interesting. Very any, interesting question. Give any further yeah. clarification. Alas, an entire book. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. What book? Hopefully a short one. Numbers. No, if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to learn to read it. So. <laughs> if you do a short book, then the letters have to be really large. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the places you'll go. Yeah, great question. Interesting. All right, number three. If you were forced into gladiatorial combat, mm. great, great word but could only choose a weapon that isn't typically considered a weapon, what non-conventional weapon would you choose? Okay, within this context, like you can't choose firearms. Like gladiatorial combat is swords and axes. You you couldn't pick a sword? No. If it it is traditionally considered a weapon or something uh, associated with harm, and that's about it, like that's the gist of the object's purpose, yeah, I, I would choose a mirror so I could mirror the sun back into their eyes and blind oh, them. Could, but see, I was going the same direction because the gladiators would throw sand and stuff like that. Pocket yeah. sand. Temporarily sand. blind yeah. their opponent. A mirror, that's a great idea. Uh, you'd have to be very accurate with the mirror yeah. and ensure that you're fighting at a certain time of day. I feel like I would choose darts. 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 Uh, so something you could throw, something that would inflict damage from a distance. You can if you got some like competition weighted darts. Those things are heavy. Like, you could, yeah, yeah. You could. I mean, effectively them. thrown, that would be the end of the match. Oh man, this is a tough. There's question. better. There's better answers, but there's a dartboard over there. So. I don't know that I have a really great answer for this. I was trying to think about something that is a naturally occurring chemical that uh-huh. would really cause problems over a long period of time. You know, uh, you think about the people in the Amazon and they extract these chemicals off of animals and, you know, something that would have an effect that operates like a poison that would uh, limit their physical capacity long enough for me to, you know, beat them to death. (laughs) (laughs) With my bare hands. With my bare hands. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like rub something in their eyes or something like that. That's like, oh, that burns, and it's going to burn for the next six hours. Yeah. You know, kind of like a natural tear gas sort of effect. Oh, I know what I would get. I would get those um, barbells, but they're weighted for curls. They're the 
you know those 70s like they have a wave in the middle where you grip yeah. it like uh, lighter easy, easy curl bar yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. those things are like what 15 20 pounds they're not 45 yeah, yeah. So like you that. could like really swing that thing oh if you got hit with one of the like where it curves up oh uh, would... and like you can it's so easy to grip so you can like deflect stuff too ah uh, makes sense swing it mm, yeah unconventional that's what i'm gonna go with okay good good I'm call. going with a mirror mirror <laughs> great okay. i'm gonna be the master of the mirror yeah, I guess a slingshot would be considered a conventional weapon. I think so. so you could, I thought about choosing that, but mm. uh, interesting. Yeah, I feel, I feel like you didn't choose one. Well, I, yeah, I said some kind of naturally occurring oh, yeah. venom or poison or something, but that would require me getting close enough to actually apply that, which I'd probably be dead by then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, so we'll see. I don't, I don't know. It, I feel like I'm very bad at answering this question. That's all right. Yeah. We'll move on. Yeah, move on. Four. All right, number four. If you found out someone left you the money to specifically build a cottage in the rural countryside somewhere, where would it be? It must be rural, like extremely rural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. Okay. Deserted island? No, you don't have to do that. Like, but could it be? Oh, I, I guess. As I long as there's no major on, city. I would build one on an island or on the beach somewhere. I feel like the word cottage though keeps that from being the case. Like you could put a cottage wherever you want. <laughs> Maybe they're just British British and a cottage is a weird. small house. Hey, look at this dessert. Weird. There's a cottage on it. <laughs> <laughs> what cult was here? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe our discussion of uh Yellowstone before uh the mics turned on. I instantly went to like the open Montana. I immediately thought of Montana. Yeah, like I've got a lot of land around me mm -hmm. and uh people live that way in that part of the world. So the other logistical concerns, someone else has already figured out. Yeah. Like how do you get the things that you need to, to live? Uh, so the remote cottage with a lot of land in the West, I think would be optimal for me. The weather's probably better there as well. It's true. Yeah, Very windy. I mean, though. If I have a cottage, I would like to have it in a place where I do experience seasons. That's what would bother me about the, the Island. I would have the same weather at all times. So, mm. Not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying for me personally. Yeah, I like. Yeah, oh, we know how much you love winter. Yeah, I love winter. <laughs> all winters, all the time. Yeah, but you know, just to be able to appreciate nature and the changing of seasons, I think would be cool if I'm living that cottage life. Oh wait, that's Chase that loves winter. I forgot. <laughs> I love winter. I thought he was making fun of you. Then. Yeah, I thought he was too. Yeah, yeah. That's that was actually an easy one for me to answer. Where you'd be in Maine somewhere? No, I was thinking uh, the really? plains. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, stay. Get off my land. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Last one. If you were a superhero slash villain, but could only have superpowers that are, are that weren't already taken. So like it's never been applied to a comic book hero or a TV oh show gosh. person. You gotta make this has gotta be original. What new powers would you choose and what would your name be? What? <laughs> new powers and name new power how do you think of a new power i mean mind reader taken the ability to stretch taken <laughs> living underwater stretch, taken the ability to stretch <laughs> what a superpower that is i mean hey have you watched the incredibles um man super a superpower Maybe like run fast or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> run really good. fast. Maybe you like turn green and super strong. Um, I'm still picking time travel. I'm br I'm I'm breaking the rules. No, what you can't. This, but you can't invent uh, a superpower. Well, let's Why think not? about it. Yeah, let's think. Be about creative. It. It's probably out there. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like they've already been invented. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there a superhero who has the ability to amass large sums of money easily? I could not tell you that. Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> he doesn't have superpowers. He was just rich. You don't know. You I mean, like you're just spawning money? Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, pretty close. Yeah, I'm thinking like... Uh, it would allow me to be a do-good superhero if I had a bunch of money. And I did not have to get it in a dirty way. You could plant mm. trees that grow money. That that would be the a superpower. superpower. Yeah. 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 Like, so you just you're rolling around the planet just putting trees in people's backyards. <laughs> <laughs> crushing inflation. <laughs> you guys order a tree? 
<laughs> no. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you, did. <laughs> yeah you did. So uh, what would my name be? My name would be, so this is my superpower to be able to produce wealth at will. Here's my superpower to be able to eat pizza without as, acid with, reflux. Yes. And without <laughs> gaining any weight forever. Oh, you, people would be jealous of that. What would your name be? Pizza McPizza Face. <laughs> pizza McPizza Face. That rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Uh, I think my superpower name, my hero name would be the winner. Mm. The winner. <laughs> yep. So anytime I show up, I'm going to win. I'm the winner. And I'm wealthy. The wealthy winner. My my name would be Pepper Tony. <laughs> oh, pe- Tony oh. the Pepperoni. <laughs> Pepper Tony. Pepper Tony. I like Pepper Tony better. <laughs> all right, Chase, you're the smartest one at the table. <laughs> this is a hard question. Yeah, because all the ones that you think about, they're taken. I can um, um, control pine needles and like move them at like supersonic speed. Because, I don't know if you know this, Mythbusters proved this. Uh, you can take a pine needle and move it at really high speed and it can penetrate trees. So I do remember you talking about this. Yeah. So are you a hero or a villain? Depends on the day. <laughs> you don't have cross me. Ego? Oh boy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't be a villain. I have a hard time killing people. So I'd be like aiming at guns and stuff and like, you know, yeah. Stuff like that. So you would be Needleman? Nah. Needle what would man. I be? Needleman. Evergreen. Evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is so funny how staggeringly difficult that question is. <laughs> like, I've just. Hey, I got props to Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Stanley. Way to go, guys. Yeah. 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 I'm ready to hear the answers that we get from people that have longer to think about it. Like, why didn't you choose? Like, yeah. okay, well, you think about Excuse it on the Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, so right now we have a guy that can eat as much pizza as he wants. <laughs> a person that can throw pine needles and a rich tree planter. You're going to supply me with the pine needles. <laughs> Sit under the shade of my money tree and eat all the pizza you'd like. Pepper Tony. <laughs> Stupid. All right. So, please recommend us out of this segment. Okay. Woo. All right. Hunter, you, Hunter's got please. two. Two. I got two uh, recommends. Number one. The Needler. <laughs> the the Needler. Needler. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh, my uh, book is uh, The Lives of the Stoics by Ryan Holiday. Got to always recommend Ryan Holiday book. It's just basically like a brief biography of um, every Stoic philosopher's how it kind of how they got to where they were. It's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I love a good biography. They're, you know, he's such a great writer. So um it's it's a pretty easy read. I would I I mean if you if you don't know much about Stoic philosophy, it's kind of a I would read some other Stoic stuff first before reading this because I think you probably need a little bit more context, but it's still a really good book. So Lives of Stoics by Ryan Holiday. And then uh anything by Ryan Holiday really. And then uh, the TV show would be on Netflix. It's a uh, documentary called Sons of Sam. It's about the uh, son of Sam uh, murder in uh, New York in the 70s and really about how it was pro- most likely multiple people um, and kind of how, how they kind of came to that. Even the guy who did it admitted that there, he didn't kill everybody. But the New York Police Department will, will never reopen the case, and we'll just say he it was him. Um, so it's pretty interesting. It's uh, narrated by Paul Giamatti, which always brings a little bit more uh, credence guy. to it. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, but uh, it was really, really fascinating. Uh, true crime really makes you think a lot. So uh, Sons of Sam on Netflix. The true crime thing is becoming very overdone. So if you can recommend one of those that's quality, you're really saying something there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I, if you look up True Crime on podcasts, it's just, it's ridiculous, um, which, you know, shows the state of our world. So, yeah, yeah so that's uh, a little disturbing. You got something a little light for us, Chase, recommend-wise? Nope. Uh, got a great movie that you've probably seen, but you probably haven't watched in a long time, uh, The Departed, uh, Martin oh, Scorsese. Yeah. Man, uh, if you haven't watched it before. 
you really should. And if you have watched it before, you deserve to re rewatch it and experience uh, one of the best plot twists of all time. Not really a plot twist, just un unexpected. I'm very surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. a great movie. I'll wrap this up with something like, good grief, you guys are depressing. <laughs> um, okay, let me set the stage for this, right? Uh, we live in the South. It is a very hot and humid climate most of the year. Some would call it a terrible place. Yes, and <laughs> I just agree with you without listening. <laughs> yes, it is a terrible place. Uh, it puts most of us in a problem that we have to compromise and we don't like it. Many people uh, in the South avoid belts because they're another layer of clothing. It's a hot point, you know, mm. very sweaty kind of situation. Yeah. How do you solve this? Because you do want your pants to stay up mm. and you also don't want that kind of lazy pant roll at the top. That's not good. I had the right answer, but I assume you have an answer. You well, think it's I have an too. answer I've discovered recently that it was very surprising for me. I took a risk. Mm. There's an elastic belt. The arcade belt. Whoa. Yes, it is an elastic belt, and you think that's never going to work. It actually does work, okay? Do you have it on right now? Uh, I do not because no. I'm gearing up to go to the gym as soon as we turn these microphones off. Uh, but you can wear them with any type of pant, chino, blue jeans. It's strong enough to hold up, all right? You can adjust them to whatever size you want them to be. So some people like to wear a belt just for looks. Other people actually need it. Um, but I'm going to say you need to try this out. It's roughly $25, so when you're looking at it, you're thinking, there's no way I'm paying that for a bungee cord with a buckle. It's just different, okay? Trust me on this. If you're one of those people... Built different. Yeah, you're stuck in like the leather belt game. You're like, man, this is so hot in the summer, especially in these warm months that we experience in the American South. They're mm. totally breathable. They're a little bit difficult to get in and out of pants, as you can imagine, mm. uh, because you, you can't do the whole dad thing like, da 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 and yeah. you're done. You got to be very careful. Uh, but... It, you will be pleasantly surprised. You can look these up on Amazon because where else would you buy anything? Um, spend a couple bucks, spend 20 bucks. If you don't like it, then then bad on me. I'm going to predict that eight and a half people out of 10, if they take the plunge, will be like, I'm so glad I did this. Someone call that 80%? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, depending on how you do the math. Is I got a new uh, superhero name for you, Ben. What's that? Bungee Cord Ben. <laughs> Bungee Cord Ben is here to plant a tree. <laughs> Uh, my recommendation would buy pants that fit, and you don't have to wear a belt. Joggers. Silky smooth sounds.